This time on Geek Pod Blue. Apparently, you should never bring logic to a Bible fight. Warning, station is now code blue. of Geek Pod Blue. I am your host, Hugh, and I am apparently going to hell, or at least that's what I have been told. Now, I have a very interesting story for all you kids out there, because I got in a fight with a member of the clergy this past weekend. Now, it is no secret to regular Geek Pod Blue listeners that I am an atheist, and I hope that, if anything, I have shown you that atheists do not eat babies and worship Satan. Uh, in fact, I think that sometimes we hold ourselves to higher levels of uh, social morality because we aren't being nice because we're afraid some guy's going to send us into a pool of fire when we die. We're being nice because it's the right fucking thing to do. Anyway, I went to a party this weekend. Um, our, our neighbors across the street uh, are going to be moving away. Uh, about a little less than a year ago, uh, the husband over there was uh, promoted and got a, a, a his own store in Albany. And he's been driving back and forth, uh, managing that store, and then coming back on his days off, which is certainly a heck of a commute. And they've been trying to sell their house for uh, pretty much this entire time. Now, that finally has happened, much to our sadness, because uh, we've gotten to know them recently, uh, you know, fairly well. Uh, my daughter Avery loves playing with their kids. Uh, their kids actually called uh, Damara Grandma <laughs> accidentally. We're not sure where that came from, but, you know, she's watched the kids. Actually, I'll tell that story. So... These these people move in, and they seem really nice. Um, we're not sure if we have anything in common or anything like that, but, um, you know, we, I ran into uh, the husband down at the park. He had taken his kid down to the park, one of their kids, and I was down there with Avery, and we chatted. We uh, both had uh, worked for the same company in different stores for a little while, so we had something in common, and we chatted. Uh, but beyond that, we never really, you know, crossed paths, and... Uh, You know, they have uh, clearly a very religious family. Sometimes they have a sign out front, and there's a little plaque on the door, uh, which is actually from uh, the book Joshua. says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, which is actually the name of a Petra song, which is a uh, Christian rock band. And yes, I actually know that uh, without looking it up. And uh, so clearly they they were a religious family. uh, But we didn't interact a whole lot, didn't come up. We don't care. You know, I mean, it's not like, you know, atheists are out there trying to infect other people. Uh, We just want you to leave us out of your God shit. That's it. And, you know, leave God out of the laws and all that. Anyway, uh, once he was driving back and forth, that meant sometimes, you know, there was, you know, just the mother at home and uh, she had had a babysitter cancel on her and she had to work and it was an emergency and she reached out and asked my wife if, you know, she could come over and uh, watch the kids for a couple hours until she was able to uh, get other coverage or get home. I forget what the situation was. So I was like, of course. And that was, you know, our first real interaction. I mean, they could see, you know... We clearly weren't being investigated by the police. Our kids weren't being dragged out of the house by CPS. So even though we have uh, some Halloween decorations up year-round, that um, we can't be that bad. Well, because of that experience, you know, they became friends. You know, they, they talked about Pinterest stuff and recipes. And, you know, it, it was kind of cool. You know, we now had a, a young couple in the neighborhood. Uh, didn't really get to see the husband too much. Yes, I'm saying husband and wife because I don't want to say their names uh, on the show. Uh, but... Uh, they were cool. They invited us over to dinner. You know, we had a great time. You know, they didn't, you know, 
I mean, yeah, they would say, yeah, well, you know, this happened when we went to church or whatever, but they never tried to talk about it, convert us, anything. They were cool. That's exactly how religious people should be. If you're hanging out with somebody who clearly isn't religious and has no interest in it, you know, just leave it alone. You know, if, if somebody really is looking for something else in their life, they're going to ask you. That's how it works. So anyway, things have been going great uh, for the past eight months, let's say. Uh, you know, we have some good friends and, you know, we all get along and we just don't talk about that crap. So they decided that they're going to throw a going away party this past Saturday. And um, so we, when my wife got done with work at 5 o'clock, uh, we went over. And, you know, they had hors d'oeuvres and, and food. And, well, actually, they had a ton of food, and it was all really good. Um, and, you know, so it was fun. Um, our other neighbor, an older lady next door, uh, who Damara's known since she was a kid, was there. So we sat at the kitchen table, and uh, we talked to her for quite a while. And there's, there was this older couple that sat down across the table from us. And... Uh, we pretty much talked to them the entire time we were there. So I think we left around 8 o'clock. So let's say the first two hours, you know, we're all chatting about things. You know, everything's fine. And then probably around 7 o'clock, so it's the last hour of this, the dreaded question is asked. So the gentleman leans over to me and says, so where do you folks go to church? Uh, I said, well, we don't. He's like, well, why is that? And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Here we go. And I'm just like, you know, I want to shut this down. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm an atheist. And, you know, my wife said, you know, I'm agnostic, you know. And uh, and he's like, really? Now, here's the thing. Now, if you've ever, ever been approached by, you know, one of these people, okay? You know, because religious people always think that atheists are out there to destroy God and destroy people's faith and all this stuff. We don't want that. We just want to be left alone, okay? We, we want nothing to do with it. I said to this gentleman... We really don't, we don't want to talk about this. We don't want to have this discussion, and we don't feel that this is the appropriate place for it. I probably said that 10, 15 times over the next hour. So did my wife. Uh, and, you know, clearly, you know, he was the one who was pushing for this. You know, he said, well, I've never sat down and talked to an atheist before. Uh, you know, I'd really like to understand that. Well, that's not actually what's going on, okay? Now, when this question comes up, I actually feel like it's a violation of my personal rights. And let me explain that to you. Because there's no way to answer that question without being untrue to yourself. If you say, I'm an atheist, then immediately you are going to get hit with all sorts of questions. And they're not really questions. They're trying to, to come up with a better argument. They're trying to convert you. The only other thing you can do is say, lie and say, oh, I go to this church or whatever. And that's not fair. You know, I shouldn't be put in that position. You know, nobody should have to either be have to lie to get out of a social situation or have to you know tell the truth and then be bombarded with you know all sorts of questions that you know in in prodding and poking that we just don't really need now i'm sure that he was looking at this and going ah this is my chance and then he goes well i'm the lady whose house we were at i'm so and so's i'm the minister of her church and i am like son of a bitch you know, here we go. You know, this, this is the top guy. And, he, and then he goes, everybody in this house right now goes to my church. I'm like, oh, great. So now it's, it's a hostile situation. Now, for the next hour, under the guise of, I'd like to know more about this, he continued trying to come up with arguments and refute anything that I said, uh, to the point of actually getting a bit obnoxious at times uh, and not... I don't want, I want to put it. I'm going to try to throw some of the specific things out there, but it was a little ridiculous. For, for instance, uh, he out and out lied to us. He said, well, evolution is ridiculous because they did this awful experiment where they put a baby in a room for years and it didn't learn anything. 
So how can you evolve if, if there's nothing, you know, somebody has to teach you that information, and that's what God did with Adam and Eve. And I said, now this, first of all, I was incredibly proud of my wife, because while I felt I was trying to get out of this conversation as well as I could, I was looking at him, not her. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, she's going to be so pissed at me. I started a fight at her friend's house, at a going-away party. Uh, but no, she actually felt the same way I did and, and could see that I, I was trying to get out of this conversation. And she says to him, well, no. If all that baby has to do is live in a room and somebody else is going to feed it and everything they're going to talk to, they're, they're not basically, he doesn't have to do anything, then he has the skills that he needs to be in that room. If I joined him in that room... I would learn those skills that I need to just stay in that room where I don't have to do anything. Now, if you take that baby and put it outside, it's going to lose or learn different skills. That how, that's how it works. Now, obviously, his, uh, um, his, his thought process there was flawed, but I did a little research after this and realized that, you know, especially given he was a minister, uh, he probably has a whole playbook on how to deal with atheists, you know, um, top 10 ways to refute atheists or to, to get them to change their mind. And uh, this experiment he talks of did not happen. It's an out-and-out out lie. Uh, it is something that is known uh, that churches use as part of their argument, but it actually refers to two separate experiments. One that wasn't two babies, or a single baby in a room. It was actually kids living in prison with their mothers and having you know, access to their mothers and love, and then kids living in an orphanage where they didn't have access to that to enough stuff. And yes, they some of them were able to talk and do things. It wasn't nearly as dire as he said. The other thing, it's also a combination of a uh, experiment that was done with monkeys. Um, was it rhesus monkeys? I forget, but it was done with monkeys, and to see how uh, a lack of contact and nurturing affects their e evolution and behavior. And it, it, the church takes these two things and kind of slams them together in this uh, big fat liar cake to use as an argument uh, against, you know, rational thinking. Um, there was certainly more to it. Uh, he went on about the how can there be something from nothing? There can't be something from nothing. That's not possible. And, uh, of course, you know, being that I was not prepared for this conversation, I did have did not have all of my arrows in my quiver because I just wanted to go over there and eat delicious Swedish meatballs. Uh, I, I certainly had some responses. I wish I had had some better ones. I decided I wanted an answer to that question because, you know, some of you out there might have run into this. And, uh, well, first of all, something can come from nothing. Quantum mechanics has already shown us that. That is something that is verifiable and exists. Uh, the other thing, and I find this to be a very interesting theory, is that we live in a universe of some things. Everything around us is something, including the air we breathe. So we have absolutely no frame of reference for a nothing universe. There is nobody who's ever been alive or dead on this planet who existed in a nothing universe because nothing is what there was before, let's say, the Big Bang or whatever created the universe, okay? So when, when they say, well, something can't come from nothing, we don't know that. We don't know what the... Uh, the the properties of a nothing universe are. We don't know how the laws of physics work in a nothing universe. It might actually be possible for that to happen. We don't know. We probably will never know. But the other side of that is they like to say, well, he picked up a water bottle and said, well, do you think this water bottle just popped out of existence? It just popped here right out of thin air? Well, no. Because air is something we can measure. Air is something we can quantify. We know that air cannot produce a bottle. We know that, you know, a baby can't pop out of thin air. We know that yeah, you can't get a mouse out of a chocolate bar because we can measure those properties and we understand those are some things. That's not coming out of nothing. Saying that a bottle can't come out of the air like that, well, air isn't nothing. Air is, air is a something. We know what it can do and we know what it can't do. So it's a flawed argument, to say the least. Um, 
we continued on like this for an entire hour. You know, him throwing very weak. I, I could tell that he hadn't practiced his atheist game because he was really struggling with it. And I'm not saying that he should. Uh, he probably saw this as an opportunity. And I suppose what minister would not th think of it as a feather in their cap if they were able to convert an atheist couple and get them in their church? Uh, I don't know if they give out a fucking award for that kind of thing, but the way how hard he was trying, you'd think so. Um, but we continued on for the next hour. Uh, you know, we talked about science and, and all that. And he said, well, you know, I, I'm in charge. I'm in charge of people's, you know, lives. I worry about people, and I'm worried about you, that if you don't accept Jesus Christ into your hearts, when you die, you're going to be in a lake of fire. You're not going to get to go to heaven. And I'm like, well, I would hope that heaven is a cool enough place that when you get there, you won't be worried about a guy you met at a party once 30 years ago. You know, hope, assuming he lives that long. Um, my wife also said, you know, we're fine with that because we don't believe in it. You know, you saying when we die, we're going to go to hell doesn't make your fairy tale real. Okay. And we, we told him right up front, we think that, you know, people who have religion, keep it. That I'm, We're fine with that. It gives you hope. It gives you uh, somewhere to go. We don't want to take that away from anybody. You know, we, we want it out of our schools and out of our laws. But, you know, in your personal life, absolutely. If it's something you need, you should have it. I don't stop trying to give it to me. Now, this is where it gets interesting because I I, I can't say that we, uh, we won the argument or lost the argument. We were unprepared, and he certainly was not practiced up if we truly were the first atheist he talked to. Um, but it was a lot of uh, fumbling around and mostly us stating scientific fact and him saying, well, that's just a theory, and a theory means it's not proven, and us going, no, that's not the case. That's not how this, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Uh, regardless, uh, at one point, near the end, his wife gets up and walks away. And uh, my wife picked up on this uh, before I did. She went over and she talked to the, uh, the hostess of the party, who then uh, came over after a few minutes and you know, put her hands on the, the minister's shoulders, like, oh, hey, you know, yeah, you guys got to go. She's got to... Basically, his wife went over to our host and said, hey, listen, he won't leave these two kids alone. Um, will you help me get him out of here? And until then, he didn't want to leave. He, he's like, well, I just want you... Look look at the miracle of birth. Look at, look at your daughter. Look at that miracle and tell me God doesn't exist. I'm like, well, look at that miracle of, you know, egg and sperm and zygote, and cell division, and all these things that are, I, I didn't actually get into that. I, it's just like, yeah, she's a miracle, but of the scientific kind. And, you know, that's before you hear her singing, so you might want to uh, reassess that afterwards when you get to know her better. Um, I was just, you know, floored that he wouldn't give it up even after his wife had to go get help to get him out of there. And then he continued hanging around, he walked away from the table, came back, he'd make a few more statements. And we were just flabbergasted. I mean, I was, I don't want to say embarrassed. It, it was just that I knew that everybody in that house was religious. I mean, obviously, given the circles that they, you know, when I walk through the door and I see that line from Joshua on their front door, I know what I'm walking into. I didn't think I had to talk about it. I certainly didn't think that I was going to be uh, attacked by a, an obnoxious minister about it. And he was being obnoxious. I mean, when you tell somebody, you know, 10, 15 times that this is not the place to talk about it, you're not comfortable talking about it in somebody else's home and even offer to talk to him outside of this so that we can stop this, and he still doesn't do it, I mean... 
I don't want to compare this to the assault stories we keep hearing uh, you know, in, in the news, because I certainly do not believe that this comes anywhere near somebody being assaulted in that way. Uh, but I will say no means no, and uh, I would think that a man of God would be the first person to respect uh, somebody's wishes. Uh, I mean, certainly, isn't that what they preach? I mean, I, they're... I, I'm the atheist. I'm the evil one. You know, somebody says, I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, oh, hey, that's cool. You know, why am I the one that's actually listening to people and he's not? As you can tell, that certainly uh, fired me up. It was not a fun experience. And I, I'm totally expecting him, since he knows where we live, uh, to come knocking on my door at some point, which I will give you guys an update on that. Because when that happens, I will be prepared. Uh, and I'm wondering if this has happened to anybody else out there. And, you know, you can do it both ways. If you are religious, has an atheist tried to convert you? Uh, if you're not religious, have you been, you know, bombarded? I know at least one listener definitely has had to deal with similar situations. And I'll tell you, it's not fun. Uh, especially, there there are situations where you can walk into, maybe you bring something else or you would expect that kind of thing to happen. Uh, but, you know... Our kids were all playing and having a good time, and we were all reminiscing and, you know, getting ready to say goodbye to these people that have become, you know, part of our neighborhood. Um, not, wrong time, wrong place, man. I mean, that was very, very uncool. But, so that's my story. That's my story about getting in a fight with a minister. Uh, definitely not something I expected to happen this week. Um, yeah, I'm running out of things to say. It was a very strange experience, and uh, just talking about it has made me mentally tired. Uh, I should also let you guys know, uh, we're lucky that we're actually getting an episode this week. I almost decided to hold off a week because I am in a lot of pain. This past Friday, I threw my back out. Uh, so I was sitting, actually, I was sitting at this party talking to this guy in ridiculous pain. Uh, usually when my back goes out, it's about a three-day thing. Uh, we're on day, what, five, six, now, wait. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, one day six. And uh, yeah, it's getting better, but man, it is a slow, slow process. I, whatever you do, guys, if you ever have back problems, definitely go to physical therapy and get things fixed. Because if you end up having an issue that happens, you know, every once in a while, really sucks and it always happens at dumb, stupid times. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to move on to news for your ears because there's a ton of interesting stuff going on this week and I'm sure I'm going to miss at least half of it. So, tons of stuff happening in the news this week. First of all, the very first Justice League reviews are starting to hit the internet. And they are decidedly meh. I, people aren't saying that it's a bad movie. Uh, they are saying that it is fun and it's enjoyable. Uh, and it certainly is a palate cleanser after Batman v Superman. And, you know, you're, you're not going to watch the movie and be, you know, super disappointed or at least not entertained. They have said there are some big plot holes. There are some serious issues with the movie. And to a degree... It may totally be a bit of a mess. Apparently the uh, action-heavy stuff that Snyder did and the uh, more character-driven stuff that uh, Joss Whedon did, a, kind of a, a rough balance there and maybe not the movie that we were all hoping for. However, that's probably not going to stop it from having a huge, huge weekend at the box office. It is still tracking for, you know, who knows, a gazillion dollars at this point and is likely still to be a success uh, to some degree. A lot is riding on it being a success, you know, as far as the future of the DC Cinematic Universe. And while the reviews are kind of only okay, I, I certainly hope it does well, because that will give us the opportunity to only get better. 
Uh, speaking of that, it looks like there's going to be some issues in the DC Cinematic Universe quite soon. Um, ben Affleck has now officially said he is still undecided on playing uh, the role of Batman in Matt Reeves' upcoming solo Batman film, and he is looking for a fun and cool way to segue out of the role. Uh, I cannot tell you how much this makes me angry. Uh, first of all, there's no fun, cool way to segue out of the role, and it's not like uh, you didn't know what you were signing up for uh, when you took this role, Ben. Uh, yeah, a lot of people uh, were like, what, Ben Affleck is Batman? That's ridiculous, that's awful. But uh, a ton of people actually supported uh, the idea and thought that he was going to make a fantastic Bruce Wayne in Batman. And I, you know, I have to say I'm super let down, uh, especially considering that the role might have to be recast before he even gets a solo movie. Now, Batman is kind of the linchpin of the Justice League. Uh, at least in the comics, he's kind of been the unofficial uh, leader, and it certainly looks like in this movie he is going to be the unofficial leader. And I think it's just sad that uh, he already wants to leave the role. Now, I, I'm not sure what he's thinking as far as a cool way to segue. Uh, at least he is one actor that we know knows the history of Batman, and uh, you're not... You can't have, you know, Bruce Wayne step aside and have Dick Grayson take over at this point. You know, it's just not feasible. That's not how the comics work. He knows that. So, you know, there's no cool way. They're just going to cast another actor. That's not a segue, all right? That's uh, abandoning something that people supported you on, something you knew would be a very long uh, commitment when you started. And I know a lot of times people say, well, we can't get mad at actors when they decide to move on. I think in this situation, it is 100% warranted, uh, considering how hard people have tried to, you know, fight for him and say that, you know, he, he actually did a, a fantastic job in the role. Now, I'm not sure if he's got an issue with, you know, doing like a Fargo movie one year and a Batman movie the next year. He just wants to get out of it. Maybe the cowl's super itchy. Who knows? Uh, but, man, you're making a gazillion dollars per movie. You know, I, I, I don't understand why he wouldn't just continue with the role. I mean, look at Robert Downey Jr., you know, he's done fantastic in Iron Man, and while we know that eventually he's going to have to step aside or the character will die, I mean, we're talking like 20 years now or something like that, he's been playing the character. They've dialed back his involvement, and they certainly could do that with Ben on Batman, uh, but it has allowed Robert Downey Jr. to remain, you know, still sort of the focus of the Marvel Universe and eventually pass it off to another generation. That's certainly possible with the DC Cinematic Universe, but gee, for crying out loud, I mean, really, when Justice League opens... That's really the beginning of this. It isn't the Man of Steel. It isn't Wonder Woman. It isn't even Batman v Superman because, you know, it, except for Wonder Woman, those were all some serious missteps in, in big places. This is just starting. It's too early for that. Ten years from now, another three or four movies, maybe. Uh, but this is just ridiculous. Uh, next up, as you guys know, Thanksgiving is just around the corner and the Black Friday sales are already starting to roll in. Now, I'm not going to give you any kind of a Black Friday lineup, but I am going to tell you that the focus this year appears to be on smart homes. And at least it, within the Amazon ecosystem, there's a ton of stuff that's going on sale. They're going to be uh, putting their Amazon Echoes um, up on very, very deep discounts. And if you don't know what that is, it's the these little speakers of, of varying size uh, that have their software called Alexa, which you can talk to. And it incorporates into all the stuff Amazon does, you know, Amazon Music, shopping. There are thousands and thousands of skills which will allow you to, to make it do really cool things just by talking to it. Uh, personally, we have an Alexa in our kitchen, and uh, I mean, we do our shopping list on there. While we're, we're working in the kitchen, it's up on a shelf away from everything, and if my wife's not saying, Alexa, play my Pandora list, we're going, Alexa, add vegetable oil to the shopping list. And she goes, ching added vegetable oil to the shopping list. And then I say thank you because I'm nice. Uh, I find it super useful. 
And, uh, you know, when you can get one for 30 bucks, I mean, yeah, even if you use it for nothing but your grocery list, man, that's definitely worth it to never forget anything at the grocery store. Uh, beyond that, they are going to be having some deep discounts on everything to uh, basically set your home up with, like, smart lights, uh, like Philips Hue and all that. I know the Samsung Smart uh, Home Hub is currently on sale for like $50, and that's usually $150. Uh, this is a pre-Black Friday sale. And, you know, a device like that is actually compatible with all the other smart home devices, such as the Philips Hue bulbs. You don't have to buy the Philips Hue bridge or their specific thing for it to work with other systems. They just happen to sell one themselves. So if this is something uh, you've been thinking about getting into, if home automation sounds like a fun project for you, this looks to be the year to dip your toes into that pond. There is a huge backlash against electronic arts over uh, the, the loot crate system and the progression system in Battlefront 2 which is now out if you're not aware of that. Now, Battlefront 2 is the follow-up to the original Battlefront, which is a Star Wars-themed first-person shooter that has a very heavy multiplayer component. The first one was pretty much all multiplayer. Uh, the second one does have a campaign single-player story of sorts, but the focus is still on multiplayer. Now, there is a system in the game of progression where you collect cards to make yourself more powerful, make weapons more powerful, you know, get new abilities and things like that. Now, this was in the original game, uh, but you would play matches, you would get points for all matches played, and then you would use those points to buy these star cards, as they call them. Well, now they've incorporated loot crates into the game, and you actually get bonuses and level ups by the number of cards you have. So just to put this uh, in very simple terms, let's say I've been playing for a week and I've only earned 10 cards, I will be at a certain level. But if somebody drops $100 on loot crates and they end up with, you know, 50, 60 cards, even if all those cards are crap, that still raises their level, which improves the multiplayer component of their game. So basically, they've made the game pay to play. If you want to have advantages in multiplayer, you can actually pay for them, and it will make you more powerful than other players. Um, everybody flipped out. I mean, it, first of all, it's, it's a ridiculous system, and it's basically... Uh, ripping people off. You buy a game for $60, but hey, now you've got to give us tons more money to be able to play it competitively with other people. It's not just based on skill. Um, the other issue there that a lot of people were upset about were the, the cost of points for the, uh, the characters. You know, basically, uh, if you wanted to get Luke Skywalker. Well, the, the point costs on those characters uh, were so ridiculously high that uh, some people said that uh, they did some calculations and assuming an average return, you would have to pay, play something like 700 hours of the game to be able to unlock all the characters. Or you could unlock buy those points that you need and unlock them for a few hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, kind of ridiculous. Uh, I buy a Star Wars game, I want to be able to play as Luke Skywalker. Uh, just not not a good choice. Now, there was a huge backlash. People flipped out. EA has dropped the point value to purchase those characters, but the loot crates are still in the game. So we're going to have to see if uh, this will change in some way or form. Now, the Belgium Gaming Commission is actually investigating both Battlefront 2 and uh, Blizzard's Overwatch because of these loot crates. Now, they're trying to determine if this uh, counts as gambling because these games, I don't want to say are marketed at children, but children do play these games. And they figure that if something is a loot crate, basically you spend real money on something without knowing what you're going to get counts as gambling. And they're afraid that that is going to get children uh, you know, addicted to gambling. Now, I don't want to you know take it too far are, you know, because you say, oh, you'll play a violent game, then the kids are going to shoot people, but this, this is a little different, and I, 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 loot crates can be done right, okay, 
Um, as everyone knows, I love playing Elder Scrolls Online. That's what I'll be doing when I'm done recording here. And there are loot crates in that game. But every single item in those loot crates is cosmetic. There is nothing in those loot crates that makes me a better player than somebody else. It's it's all personal preference. So, uh, And people still buy tons of loot crates. Some people have money and they, they like spending money on, on random things. You know, it's kind of like buying a scratch-off. Uh, if you want to do that, that's fine, but those items should not impact the actual gameplay. Next up, The Punisher will be out tomorrow, or technically at 12.01 a.m., so in uh, a little over 12 hours, about, what time is it, about 13 hours from now, uh, if you, well, 13 hours from when I'm recording this, not when you're going to listen to this. Now, a lot of stuff has come out about The Punisher. I've stayed away from all of it because I really want to be surprised. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, and if you guys write in about it next week, please feel free to talk about it. Please don't give away too many spoilers because there's no way I will have gotten through the series by the next show. I'll probably have seen the first couple episodes. In some really, really sad news for my buddy Paul, uh, Disney is closing down the Marvel Heroes MMO. In fact, it might already be closed. Uh, basically, th this is a, an MMO that had all of the Marvel characters in it, and it was kind of like Diablo. Uh, a lot of fun. I played around with it a little bit, but it just really wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, but I have some friends who ha do play the game extensively, and yeah, there's not a whole lot of information about it other than Marvel has uh, severed their business ties with the company that uh, was running the game. Now, that company has run into some... Uh, financial issues re in the recent past. Is it Gazillion Entertainment? I, I forget what the name. I think it's Gazillion. But uh, they, uh, they've they laid off some people and their customer support has stopped responding. So I don't know. It seems like it was something internal with that company and not necessarily related to them wanting to shut the game down. Uh, but yeah, it, it's pretty sad. I mean, this game only hit consoles this past year. It's been out since, I think, 2013 for PC. But Xbox and PlayStation 4 just got it this past year and now the game is already closed. Next up, The X-Files will premiere on January 3rd on Fox. Now, they are calling this second uh, revival series the second chapter of The X-Files event series. The naming is interesting. Uh, I figured that with uh, Gillian Anderson saying she was not going to do another season, this would be the last one they do. However, you would think that Fox would market this as the final chapter of The X-Files event series if that was the case, because, you know, saying final always brings in more people who are curious and want to be there for that. That last little bit of something. Uh, it sounds like they're leaving the door open to continue the show. Uh, I certainly wouldn't mind seeing, you know, something with, you know, some Mulder and some Doggett and Reyes because I liked those characters too. And while those last couple seasons of the X Files were shaky, I thought bringing in those two new characters actually worked for a little while. So. I'll have to wait and see what Fox does. Amazon's Galaxy Quest TV series is moving forward and is going to pick up where the film left off, interestingly enough. Now, obviously, um, some I don't know if they're going to be able to get all of the cast back, but they plan on having the original cast, or at least the original characters. Now, Alan Rickman, of course, is no longer with us, so he would not be able to play his part. Uh, but they are saying it's going to feature the original cast as well as another cast from a revival series, kind of like Star Trek the next generation think basically this is going to be galaxy the original galaxy quest crew is kind of like the original star trek crew and this new crew is kind of like the star trek the next generation crew now they're going to be touching on subjects dealing with the modern uh fan and convention themes you know how things have changed since the original galaxy quest uh came out a lot of stuff has changed since then and uh, modern fandom is certainly a different beast and conventions are much bigger so those are going to be things that they talk about 
Finally, Gal Gadot has confirmed that Brett Ratner is off the next Wonder Woman movie. It sounds like Warner Brothers made the right call and did what they should have after he was... Uh, you know, accused of a sexual harassment or sexual assault by, you know, among other people, Olivia Munn uh, from the X-Men movies and uh, Attack of the Show, if you are a fan going far, that far back. Uh, she announced this week that they have severed ties and he is not going to be involved in the next movie, so it looks like there's nothing impeding her from signing on the dotted line for Wonder Woman 2. I think that is certainly um, the right thing to do, and I'm glad that Wonder... Not Wonder Woman, that Warner Brothers... <laughs> Warner Brothers Wonder Woman. Glad that Warner Brothers decided to do the right thing, because they're not always known for doing the right thing. But that's just my opinion. Your mileage may vary. And it is on to the letters segment, the Geek Pod Blue mailbox. Uh, before we get into that, I do want to thank uh, Brian Hewitt and Michael Allen Fitzgerald for inviting Geek Pod to the movie premiere of Transformation last week at the Palace Theater. It was a great time. It was a fantastic movie, and I'm told it's entirely possible there could be other showings, maybe even in Syracuse again, sometime in the near future. So keep your... Uh, nose to the grind and ear to the ground. I don't even know how to say that. Uh, trust me, if that happens, uh, this will be one of the first places I hope that it's announced, or at least 5th, 6th, or 7th, depending on when they tell us. Anyway, we are going to move on to the letter segment this week. There is just one letter Al Sedano wrote in this week, and Al said... Hey Hugh, I've been doing some catch-up with my podcast listening recently and listened to Blue episodes 17 to 21. I was wondering if you were still enjoying the Orville. I've seen the first six episodes, and I'll in I'll in on the show. I'm not sure. I agree with you that McFarland gets Star Trek, and while I'm not the biggest Trek fan around, the addition of humor has made this show one of the hits in the new season for me. Um, looking forward to listening to more Geek Pop Blue, Gold, Red, Green, Yellow, and whatever colors you have coming up. Al Sedano. Thank you, Al. Uh, I don't think there's any other colors. We did have gold planned, but who knows when that's going to happen. Ball. Anyway, um, yeah, Al, I am still enjoying the Orville. I am up to the current, uh, the current season or up to the current episode. Uh, one of the few shows I make sure that I am always up to date on uh, because I absolutely love it. Uh, now, I was a big Star Trek fan, and the addition of the humor doesn't bother me. Uh, I just because it's it's something different. You know, and it's it's. I don't generally like comedy shows, but I like comedy when it gets mixed in with my genre shows. For instance, uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead or uh, IFC's Stand Against Evil. I, I love all those shows, and so I'm. I won't watch a straight comedy. I'm not into sitcoms. I don't usually watch comedy movies, but mixing it in with my genre stuff, I'm okay with. Now, I didn't know that I needed a Star Trek. Uh, I don't even want to call it a spoof. I want to call it a Star Trek love letter with some uh, humor in it. Uh, but this certainly has itched a a few scratches. Uh, first of all, it's given me a show that I can laugh at. Second of all, it really seriously loves Star Trek. And I've talked at length about this, and I really don't want to start gushing again. But man, does the Orville feel like, you know, 90 Star Trek? Or does it feel like 90 Star Trek? I mean, when I'm watching the show, in my head, this is a ship in the Star Trek Federation. It's now Star Trek canon. It's just a ship that is... Uh, crewed by normal everyday people, the average people of Starfleet, Starfleet, Starfleet. Listen to me, the average people of Starfleet. Instead of the paragons of goodness and greatness that we see on all the other shows, those infallible, imperfect, or, I'm sorry, infallible, perfect characters, the Orville is one of the ships that is staffed by everybody else. <laughs> the people, you know, that that can't. Uh, uh, they can't, you know, run something like the Enterprise. They're not as good as Picard. They're not as good as Riker. They're not as good as Janeway. Uh, these are the normal guys, the ones that just make the, the gear, keep the gears turning, so to speak. 
and uh, I'm loving the show. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. I am glad to hear that you're enjoying it now. And, uh, I, it, you know, they were renewed for a second season. I don't even know if I brought that up. I think I missed that because it happened uh, on the week that I didn't record a show. Uh, the Orville has been renewed for a second season. That means it's officially going to get more episodes and seasons than Firefly, which is kind of sad and weird in a way. Uh, but, yeah, I am looking forward to the rest of the series, looking forward to season two. I'm hoping they expand the episodes and do a, a higher number because it looks like we're only getting at 13 this uh this year, and I believe that there are, we've seen nine so far, so there's only a couple left for this season. Uh, thank you very much for writing in, Al, and that's going to, re- oh, oh, hold on, my phone is buzzing. And Paul's text says, hey buddy, have you heard about our Lord and Savior, Paul Showens? Really, dude, this is what I get for letting him know what the lead story was going to be this week. Real cute. Text from Paul, text from Paul, And that is going to wrap things up for this week's episode of Geek Pod Blue. Make sure you tune in next week when I will most likely be in a turkey coma and more boring than usual. Until then, talk and roll, kids. GeekPod Blue is a GeekPod Network production. Executive producers Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Concept created by Paul Showens and Hugh Allen. Intro is Opportunity by Jameis Breed. Closing is Bucket by Jameis Breed. Both licensed for use by Dennis Johnston. Want to help the show? Leave a five-star rating on iTunes. GeekPod can be reached at contribute at geekpod.com or send us a tweet at geekpod. That's G33KPOD. You can also find GeekPod on Facebook and Instagram. G33KPOD. That's G33KPOD.